0: This is Kim Gilbert and this is my road between Sundays. Kim before Christ was very rough. Very, very rude, very foul mouth. Very lonely, just ready to fight and I think that Reason was just to keep people as far away as possible. I think that's the reason. A totally different person. Just anger. So angry. And only with the eyes of Christ have I been able to see why. The. I, why I was angry. I I know why I was angry. Um, growing up, I was born in Iowa, and um, I spent 10 years there, the, my first 10 years, and um, I was kept very busy by my parents in gymnastics and dance, uh, so I didn't really spend a lot of time with my family. And circumstances changed immediately and my parents lost their job in Iowa to the Union and then we moved down here to Florida my parents had bought the property that they still live on when we would come down for vacation um, we would visit my aunt down on Garson Point, and then we would go down to Disney and so we my parents picked up and moved us down here to Florida And we went from a beautiful three bedroom house with my own bedroom and all that to a single wide trailer that I then shared a bedroom with my brother. And um, my life changed overnight. And my parents went from working normal nine to five jobs to my father working whatever odd job he could find. And my mom going from a manager at a very well-known bank to being a head cashier at a, at a, a grocery store. And I was so impressionable and pliable at that age. And I was left by myself with my brother and my sister, who was 10 years younger. And I felt like I suddenly was being forced into this role of caretaker and homemaker and housekeeper and cook, and all the things that I loved were taken away like literally in overnight and I was so alone in the middle of a family of five and I felt so different. You know, my I was the middle child, I was the oldest daughter. I being the only, being the oldest daughter and the middle child. I we there was such a tremendous change in my life when I was already going through a lot of change in my life from just being a 11, 12-year-old girl going through that stage which is already so confusing to this whole brand new life that wasn't even explained to us. It was just that it was just here I mean we were just in it and nobody had time for question and answers. you know nobody felt like we needed a explanation. my brother seemed to be doing fine with it. My sister was an infant. I was the only one who was very confused by it and my mother didn't have time for me and my dad didn't have time for me and I was left at such an impressionable age to just kind of figure it out. And um, I think I am just rebellious at heart and um, I took that so far the wrong way Um, and I felt. I felt like my dad didn't even like me. And I pretty much knew that my mom didn't like me. I I felt no love for my parents. And um, I wanted that, I wanted that. And they doted on my brother because he was just so easy. You know, super smart, didn't have to study, just a good kid, you know, and my sister, she was the baby and you know, I felt like I was just this odd man out. And uh, my mother used to always introduce me as the black sheep of the family. So I felt like that was my label. So I went ahead and just became that. I became it. And um, the more I wore and tried to become that label, the more unhappy I became and the more distant my family became and what i started realizing as i was in my middle teenage years is i realized one day that wow my parents really think i'm this crazy person and i'm nothing like that but no matter what i said or did it i don't know how or where my parents just i don't know just disconnected from me completely you know I remember when I was going to 10th grade, my parents said, Kim, just don't even bring a report card home anymore. Just graduate. You know, I wasn't even monitored, you know, as a child. And <laughs> you can imagine what, what happens there. I mean, I, I I just tried to find reassurance and uh, tried to find validation in, in my friends who were, you know, wayward at best and, you know, boyfriends in high school that were could could care less, you know, really wanted only one thing. And I mean, I even went to go live with my boyfriend's family. I was in high school, and I went to go live with my boyfriend's family. Um, I mean, my parents just didn't care. They just didn't care. And um, I carried that with me. I, I carried that with me into my 20s and early 30s, just feeling constantly alone. And doing whatever I could to try to feel wanted. And uh, just just never did. So I just got into one bad situation after another. That Kim that wandered into church was as bad as it gets. Me as a 20-year-old paled in comparison to me as a 30-year-old. Because I only got more bold in my in my exploits there was no consequences for my actions and if they were they were bearable um, if I was feeling guilty about something I just did went and did something else to <laughs> shut that voice up and you know if you stay high enough and if you can stay drunk enough and if you can keep yourself in the noise then you don't have to worry about it but you know one day I had two beautiful daughters. You know, I married a man that I shouldn't have, but God knew that and gave me two beautiful daughters. But that just meant that I had to carry out my secret life in secret. I couldn't be the, the wild child that I'd always been. I had to at least try to pull it together for these two. But uh, the the woman who walked into church was you know not divorced yet but in a relationship with another man you know smoking marijuana constantly drinking you know lying to my to my kids to make time with this other person it was terrible it was terrible i just lived every day in regret
1: what was what was the what was the catalyst that got you through the front doors of the church. So what was, um, did, did somebody invite you? What was like the, the shining moment to where you said, I think I'm going to get, did you have a background? And I may have missed this, and I'm sorry for going backwards, but did you have a background in church and you just knew this is where you needed to no. be? So no background. So what no. was, did somebody invite you? What was the thing yes. that first got you through the front doors?
0: What got me through the front doors of Crown was actually Family Worship Center down the road is I worked for Pete Moore Volkswagen and uh, for years Mm -hmm. a gentleman named Reed Mason would come into my office and tell me about this church and the things of the Bible and tell me about Jesus and I used to get so angry at him. In fact, I went and complained to management about him that I couldn't get any work done because this guy kept coming in my office and telling me about Jesus, and I just didn't I just don't appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I call Reed Mason my bridge. Yeah. Because, he is pretty. Uh, he's he's pretty rough. Yeah. Around the edges, mm-hmm. I, I refer to him as like really coarse grit sandpaper. Mm-hmm. Like I beat myself up against him for years, and he never budged, he never left me.
1: Yeah,
0: he refused to give up on me. Yeah, and he didn't do it to anybody else in that dealership but me. And one day, around Christmas time, the salesman used to hire some of the ladies at the dealership to send out their Christmas cards to their customers. And Reed came and asked me if I would do his. Mm -hmm. And being a single mother, I was always in need of money. So of course I said yes. And then I got these Christmas cards and my Lord, there was like 500 Christmas cards. It was like every customer he had ever had. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I am woefully underpaid. (laughs) So, we started on it. Of course, I tried to incorporate my girls into it, but it was just a lot, and I just got tired of it. Yeah. And Reed had already paid me for it, and I stopped doing them, and I stopped mailing them out, and I never told him that.
1: <laughs> and
0: I let him believe that I had completed the task. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's okay. Um <laughs> and he was out on uh, a medical leave, and I was busy buying Christmas gifts for my girls mm-hmm. off of money that I had now basically stolen. And little did I know that his constant pestering me with this man named Jesus <laughs> had broken through this incredibly, come on, incredibly tough exterior. And um, Lord, some seed got in there. And um, I sat with the realization that I had stolen from a man who was trying to help me.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, whereas I, I could before I could quiet this voice, this nag of a voice. I couldn't quiet this voice, no amount of marijuana, no amount of drinking, no amount of of loose living, could quiet this. I mean, I remember being in situations that I shouldn't have been in and this voice constantly, you stole from him. Wow. You stole from him. Wow. Um, It was terrible that I couldn't take it anymore, I couldn't work, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. It was just constant. That I picked up the phone one day and, uh, he picked up, he picked up and I said, Reed, I, I have something to tell you. And I told him what I did. And I told him I stole from you. I never finished the cre- uh, the Christmas cards.
1: How long after, I'm sorry, how long after, like, was this far, like right after Christmas, like January 1st, or was this like,
0: it, it was still within the season. Okay. It was still within the season. Yeah. Um, and he said two things to me. And he said, "I forgive you, darling." And his second thing he said is, "Now when are you coming to church?" And I said, "I'm coming soon." And um just because we're so blind when we're lost. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I didn't come right to Crown. I I actually stupidly was like, "Well, you know, if I'm going to consider going to church, I Gee, I wonder what church I'm going to go to. (laughs) And don't you know that I actually walked into a Catholic church right around the corner (laughs) from my apartment? And I was like, whoa, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Like, it was crazy. And uh, me and my girls actually, we just left her on the surface because, Lord, my legs were tired. Standing (laughs) in the sitting was absurd. I'd never seen anything like it. And the smoke, I couldn't, I couldn't, it was crazy. Anyway, we had to get out of there. And then one day I heard this voice, and it was just like, dummy, go where Reed is going. Yeah. And um, at that time, we shared the family worship center, and I went. I don't know if it was a Sunday or a Wednesday. I didn't know the importance of that day. I wish I would have written down the date, but I didn't. But that's what got me through the doors of that church.
1: That's awesome.
0: My thievery.
1: I got you. Yeah. Yeah i think it's really cool that um just the fact that that there's a there's a long side to where there's no there's no conscience the conscience is kind of seared over and i think it's awesome that when the seeds start to get sown in there God can use the smallest thing. Yeah. I, I mean, how how silly is that? I mean, and kind of in retrospect, when you look back, compared to some of the other things you think that would really be pricking your conscience. Yeah. You know, he used a little small scenario like, no, not this time. I'm going to get you. I'm yeah. going to get you with this. He's Christmas such a, cards. Yeah. He's such a pursuer. He's yeah. He's so awesome.
0: Yeah. When it, when I walked through the doors of the Family Worship Center, I, I felt... A little nervous because I mean I didn't I didn't know these people and it was a very small group so it's very hard to hide in small groups um, but Reed was there and Reed um, although sometimes could be a lot of salt he has this beautiful knack of being just this rock mm-hmm. when you need him to be and um, we sat next to each other and um, I didn't know what to expect because I'd never been in church before. I'd never actually sat through a church service. I'd never in my life heard a sermon. I, I'd never in my life stood and experienced worship. So it was all a brand new experience for me that very first night. And I actually don't even remember the worship because it was very different than what we have now, but I just remember Pastor Johnny, and I just remember it was so uh, prophetic. Because we we kept the lights off to save money at that church, and so I I was sitting in the dark, literally in the dark, and Pastor Johnny was the only one illuminated. And it was just this young, skinny, <laughs> fresh, fresh-faced fresh guy up there telling me a story about the prodigal son. And I couldn't believe it because I was like, I thought Reed had told him about me. <laughs> and he was making something up. But there was in the Bible. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was like... Wait, you mean, you mean the Bible is about people like me? (laughs) Like there's someone as filthy in their sin as I am. And this is, this is for those people.
1: That's amazing.
0: And um, I just remember feeling, I just remember feeling like, I think this is what I've been missing in my life. I feel like I feel like I see my father looking at me. I I feel something. I really feel the love of a father. And I didn't even know anything about Father God.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh Pastor Johnny Lord, everybody in that church was saved but me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Because he's faithful, Pastor Johnny, we closed our eyes, and if you haven't received Christ, raise your hand. And I don't even know how my hand got in the air. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I said, when I opened my eyes, I hurried up and pulled it back down (laughs) because I thought I volunteered for something, and I didn't know these people. I'm like,
1: (laughs) Lord, (laughs) what did I volunteer for? Something good.
0: Something fantastic. And... It was so quiet. And then he said, if you had your hand in the air, if you would, come down and publicly accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. I remember just the same power that put my hand in the air propelled me to the front of that church. I don't even remember walking to the front of that church but I remember pushing Reed out of the way so that I could get there faster. And I remember standing with this man and as God is my witness, all I saw was light. And Pastor Johnny asked Sister Joyce Seymour to stand with me of all people for me to receive Christ with. Yeah. And she stood with me, and I heard her praying, and I don't know what she prayed. And I heard Pastor Johnny, and I don't know what he was saying, but I know that my lips were moving, and I was repeating it. And people tell me, Kim, we didn't know what to expect because you didn't shed a tear. But I remember crying hysterically.
1: Really?
0: And I think that I was crying inside pure joy. I don't even remember being able to form the words. And I remember walking away feeling breathless because there was just this whoosh that happened. Yeah. And somebody told me the other day, Kim, that whoosh was you going from death to life. That's really cool. And it has really stuck with me. Yeah. Because now all i can think about is i was just a walking corpse i'm very visual
1: yeah
0: i'm very visual that's why in church pastor johnny says things i just laugh so <laughs> so hard because like i just see it yeah you know i can see it and it's very funny to me i i see that i see it i i see what i i can see what i looked like before yeah literally a walking corpse And when I walked out of that light, man, I was glowing. I was glowing. I felt like, whoa. I don't know what just happened there, but I feel totally different. (laughs) And we went to work the next day, and Reed Mason was going around and telling everybody at the dealership hey, guess what? (laughs) Kim got saved. Kim got saved. Kim got saved. (laughs) I was walking around to go to the bathroom, and the service guy said, Hey, Kim, congratulations. I heard you got saved. And I was like, Wait, what? Who told you that? <laughs> and he said, Reed told us that. And I had—I went and ran over to Reed. I said, Hey, man, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So I don't have a word for that. I don't have – yeah. I don't know what happened. You don't have a gauge. I don't want to mess this up. Yeah, okay. So don't tell anybody <laughs> until I figure it out and he was like okay Kim I'm sorry I was just excited for you and I said okay
1: did, did HR get another call for that one or no, <laughs> no. That, there was a little more a little more mercy with him now
0: <laughs> you, you know it was when, when two people are together in Christ yeah it's very powerful yeah and things changed at that dealership the darkness was unnoticed because when I believed I believed come on there was never a moment in my in my walk. There's never been a moment in my walk that I'm like, well, maybe this isn't quite what I thought. Without fail, let me tell you something. I stood on the edge of that cliff, and God said, "Jump!" And let me tell you, I jumped. Come on. I, I'm like that kid that's just like, I don't care if you're ready or not. Here I come. Is that not how it should be, though? It should be. Yeah. There was no. Let me test it. Let yeah. me. Let me maybe, let me try this out for a couple weeks, let me nothing. It was, I just knew. Yeah. I, I, I knew. There was no hesitation whatsoever.
1: And, and can I ask, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but can I ask, why do you think that is? Why do you think that there are some people who just, at first glance, it's like, it's love at first sight with Christ, and it's it's no, not, and uh, I'm sorry, I've maybe I said that. that wrong. Not 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 love at first sight, but I mean, there's that, like that no, child life, s- I'll jump no, off a cliff, and some it, people it's like. Mm, you said it correct. Yeah.
0: You said it correct. I don't know if maybe people like me that were so hungry for that love, yeah. and we, we, I was able to recognize it immediately, but it was love at first sight for me. Yeah. I fell madly in love with Christ, Come on, madly in love with Him. And I have such a love for my Heavenly Father. That that love that I have for my Heavenly Father was such an overflowing love. I was able to love on my parents who inadvertently created this void in me. Yeah. And I was able to fill that void with the love of Christ Mm -hmm. in their lives.
1: Yeah.
0: And repair a relationship that I don't even know if they've ever recognized or even... uh, admitted was broken yeah because they were so caught up in life and in just trying to provide and it changed things for me i was able to see things see through the eyes of christ i was able to see my parents as a man and a woman that were just trying to figure it out yeah you know it i mean we could all do better yeah we could all do better but my Lord, what I've been forgiven, you know, Come on. what I've been forgiven of, amen. And it just it repaired everything. But I, I, you know, I question people that I don't. I don't understand the people that are not sold out. Yeah. I I don't understand that because I literally can see <clears throat> that I was already in the coffin under the dirt. Yeah. With the realization that I was in the coffin under the dirt. Yeah. And now I'm free of that grave. Because that's literally what that is. And and maybe people aren't as visual as I am and they don't see it like that, but yeah. we walk around in this flesh suit, right? And You either have a spirit of the world or you have the spirit of Christ within you. And if you don't have the spirit of Christ within you, when you die, you are devoid of the light. You are absent of the light. Utter and complete darkness. The Bible tells us about this. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. And I think about that. If I were in my body devoid of the light of christ and knew that i was dead yeah and knew that i was in the coffin and knew that i was six feet down he could hear the dirt yeah and could hear the silence and could see the darkness but could do nothing about it because my expiration was up yeah that is real to me because that is a life without christ yeah versus the life with christ i got you i'll never see that I'll never experience that. My last breath here will be my first in heaven with him. Come on. I b- I believe it'll be a song coming out of my mouth. You know, we're gonna be walking those streets of gold praising, because I feel that in my spirit. Yeah. And you can't shake me off of that. Yeah. And I don't understand, the people that don't see that it like that. Yeah. And I don't. I really I struggle with. How to get them to see that. And not be too much salt to where I scare them off.
1: Your focus is clear. Your your perspective is clear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, know, I know that I know. Yeah. And I know it sounds kooky to people, but, you know, I know that I know. Yeah. I, I know that I know. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I see God every time I look in the mirror. That's, that's where God's at. Come on. He, he's all over me.
1: I think it I, I think it is simple it's it's childlike faith yeah. not, it's it's the Bible says it and I believe it and a lot of people have and myself included uh, of course but uh, a lot of people and just what you said when you look in the mirror you see Christ see I I personally I struggle with that sometimes I look in the mirror and a lot of times I see Alex Alex I can see Alex a lot more clear than I can see Christ but that doesn't change what's written in the word. The yeah. word said it's Christ in me. He's the hope of glory. It says yeah. I'm a new creation. Yeah. So when I look in the mirror, why shouldn't I see Christ? Right. And if I see anything else, that's the thing that's lying, not the word, not yeah. Christ. And I think it's a child oh, well, if I see something else besides Christ, it, it, no, it's Christ. Yeah. It's Christ.
0: Yeah. I constantly ask the Lord. I ask I constantly ask in prayer, numb my flesh. Numb my flesh. That's good. You know, numb it Yeah. so that I don't see it. So that I can give me your eyes, let me yeah. see me like you see me. Yeah. Let me see the world around me like you see it and what you created it to be. And just 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 numb the flesh, just yeah. numb the mind, and let me just connect with you spiritually. Yeah. Changes everything for me. I see things so differently. You know, I was asked, you know, today, why was my day so great today? hmm I I th- I woke up. I woke up, the sky was blue, the birds were, were eating, I was able to see scripture right there in my bird feeder, you know, yeah. he'll provide for them, you yeah. know, just like the birds of the air, there yeah. they are. Yeah. He provided for me, I'm providing for them. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the squirrels, I know, I'm that lady, <laughs> I feed the squirrels, you know, and the, the leaves because of the wind, you know, you know, you can't let the rocks cry out louder than me, but praise God, yeah. right? The, the leaves were praising today, and so, you know, joined in a little bit. But I had an opportunity to do that, you know, I, and I could look at the crazy, Yeah. you know, I, I could look on the phone, I, I could look at all the distractions, but I choose to be intentional in seeking God in my every single moment, because it creates a joy in me that <laughs> yeah. it, it just overflows. It's obvious. It, it's oversh- obvious. it overflows yeah. in my life. Yeah.
1: That is how that should be the standard. That definitely should be the standard. And you I, I think rewinding just a tiny bit, you were talking about it, sometimes you struggle, how do I get other people to see the way that I see? It's it's that. It's the consistency in that every day when they see that, eventually that will, click the people you're in front of when they say it never, life never gets to her. Even the things that other people would see and recognize as not a good thing. It doesn't matter. It's almost like she can't even tell that that's going on in her life because she only has this, this simple, powerful focus right here.
0: It's happening. Yeah. It's happening in my life with my sister who is not saved and it's happening. Come on. And, um, I asked her to listen to the testimony that I did on the radio a couple weeks ago and she did. And, um, she thought it was amazing and um you know the lord put her on my heart for valentine's day because she is a single mother as well and um i just took the opportunity to just tell her that you're worthy yeah you're beautiful yeah you're loved right and she made a reference she said god really knew what he was doing when he puts you as my big sister and for my unsaved sister to make any reference of god tells me okay we're on to something here yeah we're onto something, and I just got to keep living my life that way.
1: Do Do you see the the Reed Mason to to Kim the the, the scattering the seeds? Oh yeah, and then and yeah. then one's gonna stick. You yeah, know?
0: It's- yeah, because I um I think you know my um you know my my independence, which sometimes is my downfall, mm-hmm. being being independent, and I think maybe just that being from my past till till now. Just feeling like I had to do it on my own, I was the only person that I could count on
1: yeah
0: um I think it just built up an outer shell to where I don't seem to recognize um offenses like most people do yeah you know and and it's it's why i'm I'm slowly warming up to relationships with you know friendships with women um because i I am a little rougher on the edges you know I am a little. You know crass sometimes with my responses you know i do gravitate towards men more because i feel like they're you know a little bit easier to talk to so i i'm working on all of that Amen. but um i think i had i have to be like that to reach people like my sister yeah you know who are still a little rougher on the edges you know who may come back yeah. with something because I'm fully prepared to come right back as well. Amen. Where somebody else may not, you know. Come on, come on. Yeah, pursuing love.
1: Always. Pursuing, pursuing,
0: Always. yeah. So where worship changed for me was a real moment. It was a real, it's a, it's one of the, I feel it's like it's one of the biggest testimonies in my life is I didn't like worship and people mm-hmm. are like whoa what you <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what in the world um I feel like you're going to come and club us if we don't get our hands in the air and I'm like well just <laughs> keep that in mind <laughs> keep that in mind if I turn around and see you <laughs> sipping coffee which you're not supposed to have in the sanctuary just saying anyway just saying but I <laughs> I when I gave my life to Christ I knew only one single thing and that was I needed to be, I needed to be sitting in front of that man, Pastor Johnny, yeah. so that I could hear what was coming out of his mouth, because whatever was coming out of his mouth, I was finding in the Bible that Reed had, get, had bought for me, and it was lining up, yeah, and it was making sense. And when I applied that into my life, I was seeing real tangible change. I'm talking like real,
1: yeah,
0: and. I, I would tell Reed all the time, I'm like, I, I really, I'm sure this is probably the wrong analogy, but I almost feel like I hit the winning scratch-off ticket here, because everything that is coming out of his mouth, yeah. I'm applying to my, to my life yeah. based on what's in this book, and I am seeing a real life change in my finances, yeah. um, You know, in my living situation, mm-hmm. everything was changing in my life. And I just knew that I needed to be in front of Pastor Johnny because he wasn't mixing it. It wasn't him. It was God that was speaking through him. And Jana, God bless her, was a delay to me getting to that word. I was so hungry for it that the worship was a delay yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. all you know and i remember we shut, would stand shut, stop
1: with all the singing so we can go ahead and get to the preaching pretty much yeah pretty you. much and i'd be like
0: you. my lord is this the third song we've sang <laughs> i mean i would be like
1: has she heard you talk like this by the way oh yes oh yes
0: yeah <laughs> um I, there would be times i'd be like she's going on a fourth song like this is crazy how many songs are we doing today i mean and i, I actually went to janna right i went to Jana and I oh, told her God. I said Jana I love you. I got to be honest with you I'm struggling with this. Yeah. I really don't like the praise. Yeah. I really don't like the praise portion of the church. Me and my boastful self, right? Because yeah. I I'm so important, yeah. right? This yeah. is Kim's flesh still talking. Kim yeah. had a lot of yeah. shaving off to do. <laughs> Surely they're going to change the service because can oh, why would they not? Right? Yeah. So because I'm so important. And then I come the next Sunday and I'm like, oh oh great, they added a song. Now we're on five. So it was it was crazy. So but the crazy part about it was yeah. is that out of church
1: mm-hmm.
0: I loved worship music because, you know, I didn't have a way to to grab hold of Johnny's sermons. So I loved worship music. And one day, I was riding through downtown in um, another vehicle that I have, and this vehicle is just—it's my dad says it's like riding around in a fishbowl. <laughs> it's an old 1988 Mitsubishi Montero, and it's all windows. And let me tell you what—I was praising. I was praising. I had my hands in the air. I mean, this—I mean, I was blowing the speakers out. Yeah. I was praising. I was off. I was just. I You're you're that lady. I was that one. Okay. Um, But God, what a sense of humor. So I'm down on Garden, and all of a sudden, I'm rocking and rolling through Garden Street and blowing past people in traffic. So God goes ahead and gives us a couple of red lights. And now all the people that I blew past with my hands in the air screaming at the top of my lungs are now coming up on me on my right and my left. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, I know... That these people are gonna be staring at me now and sure enough we get up to the light and these people were already rubbernecking to see who this crazy lady was before they even got up next to me <laughs> and because I was so unsure like I was just so fresh right yeah. I as Johnny's daddy would say I, I was still at the spot where I'd gotten in the bed right yeah, yeah. I was still there um, I was embarrassed Mm -hmm. because I was not built up yet. Yeah. Right? I was still, didn't know I was firmly rooted. I was still swayable. Yeah. And um, I actually turned down the music and I actually picked up my cell phone and I acted like I was on the phone with somebody. (laughs) So these people would not know. That's
1: way better. That I was (laughs) phrasing. Right? Yeah
0: and i felt such conviction really oh my gosh i almost, i just i put my phone down i was i felt such conviction i yeah. heard the word of the lord so clearly in me and he asked me why are you ashamed to praise me and in my head i was like i'm not and he was like well then continue praising me yeah and i didn't because i was being judged and i did not know how to handle that and He asked me, are they your judge? Are they your judge? And I said, no. And he said, will you stand before them? And I said, no. And he said, then praise me. Wow. And I, right there, sitting in traffic, I prayed, Lord, take away the fear of condemnation from me. Take away the fear of condemnation from me for praising you the way that you deserve to be praised yeah. and fill me with the spirit to praise you in truly in truth and, in, and spirit and numb my flesh and take away that fear of condemnation of being judged for praising you yeah. openly. And I walked into church the next Sunday and it was on. It was on. It was over. It was it. I moved to the front of the church. It was <laughs> over. I was kicking coffees and scaring babies because it was on. <laughs> it was on. That's and awesome. I remember Jana walking away like, what in the world happened to her? Yeah. And I prayed. I prayed yeah. for it. And so when, when people come to me and they say to me, man, I wish I could praise like you, it really bothers me because there, there is no me. Yeah. There is no me. Don't look at me. It is the spirit within me yeah. that is worshiping God. And I know people have said, well, it's relational. It's this, it's that. Well, okay, uh, I'm sorry, but we should all have this uh, this relationship with Christ. He did the same thing for all of us. You're right. He You're did right. the same thing for all of us. You're right. I was filthy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, was I, was I a needle drug user? No, but I was a drug user. Yeah. You know was i uh committing adultery
1: yeah
0: yeah all right i knew i was getting divorced but i was still committing adultery
1: yeah
0: right he did the same thing for all of us yeah it's the same spirit that rose christ from the dead that dwells in all of us and if we're to worship in spirit and truth then why aren't we all worshiping in spirit and truth it's because of our flesh it's because we have not asked for God to remove that fear of condemnation from us. We're afraid of being judged. Yeah. And we have not asked for God to numb that flesh and let the spirit have its way.
1: You know, that's a really really good point because it's I feel like a lot of people whenever they look at you they don't understand why you're so excited. It's the same God, but why are yeah. you so excited? Oh. But you made a you made a phenomenal point. Maybe that's because some people don't understand maybe people don't understand that they've been forgiven for just as much as you have, because like, it's, it it reminds me of that story in the Bible where Jesus is talking uh, to the disciples and they say, she's been forgiven much. That's why she loves much because they couldn't understand why she would make a sacrifice like that. Why they don't understand. Why is it that, that, and it's, well, it's because she understands how much she's been forgiven. Yeah. And some people look at that and they say, well, you've been forgiven of, let's say this much. I've only been forgiven of this much, so I don't really understand what it means to be that dirty and now be this clean. Yeah. But what people don't understand is there is no levels of dirty. It's either clean or or unclean. It's it, period. There's when God yeah. looked at me before Christ, I wasn't more or less dirty than you before Christ. Yeah. We've all been forgiven of everything.
0: It's it's the it's the it's the death to life. It, yeah. That that excites me. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe, I know who I am in Christ. Yeah. You will never get me off of that. Come on. Ever. You, you will never tell me about who yeah. I used to be because he has cast that as far as the east from the west. Good luck finding it. <laughs> Good on. luck finding it. It is the death to life that yeah. excites me because I am so visual. Yeah. I'm highly claustrophobic. The thought of knowing that I'm in the grave... Can you imagine knowing that you're dead? You can't see anything, but you can still hear. You can't move because you're dead. Can you imagine?
1: I've never thought about can you that imagine? transition. Visit, visit. You're you know, like you're that. you're dead. Yeah.
0: Okay, you're dead. But you're still in that body that's no longer moving. Yeah. Can no longer speak. Right. But you can hear what's going on. You can't see because your eyes don't work anymore. But you can hear what's going on. And you can hear the, the family wailing and crying because you're dead. You can hear your family screaming, oh my gosh, she's dead, she's dead. You, you can tell you're being taken away. You can hear the zip of the bag. You, you know you're in the cooler. It's completely dark. Can you imagine knowing that you're dead? Having that knowledge. The consciousness that you're dead you're in complete darkness all you can hear is other people wailing and screaming because they're dead too and they never received christ you can you can hear the preparation for the funeral you, you can hear the music you can hear you can hear it wow you you can you you know you're going to the cemetery you can hear yourself going down you can hear the dirt and then you can hear the silence can you imagine that can you imagine that now imagine that all of that is taking place and somebody walks in and says hey kim come up out of that i already did that for you i already did all of that for you you get up out of there and you see that right there that's the door to your room that I've been preparing for you. dude. Now I want you to walk into that room (laughs) and I want you to shut your door, this is in Isaiah. Yeah. I want you to walk in that door and I want you to shut it behind you and I just want you to just enjoy it for a little bit. All right, I got some work to do over here on this and I'm gonna let you know when I need you. I want you to go back here and I want you to enjoy it. And back behind that door the Bible tells us that like believers are back behind there and we say to ourselves, he's the one. He's the one we've been waiting for. He's the one that paid for it. That's the Christ. (laughs) It's not because I was a filthy whore. It's not because I was a weed smoker. I have been translated from that dirty, dusty grave, from that rotting, filthy corpse, to walking streets of gold, robes of white. I'm walking from glory to glory. I'm in a room that he's prepared for me with the desires of my heart. Everything that matters to me, just the secret, secret, secret petitions of my heart are behind that door. And I'm going to shut that door and the like believers, my family, my church-believing family, brothers and sisters I've never met before, we're all going to just sit there like children and be like, oh my gosh, he's the one. He's the one. That's why I praise him. That's why I worship him. That's why I walk in reverent awe every single day. Because that's what he did for me. And that's what he did for you. That's what he did for anybody who has received him. You were (coughs) dead. You were dead. Yeah. You were dead. And if your life ended like that, you would have been in that utter darkness. The wailing and the gnashing of the teeth. We're told about that so many places. Yeah. Don't glaze over it. There's a reason why it repeats. It's real. Yeah. The, the fire comes later. The fire comes later. It's cold. It's dark. It's yeah. devoid of all light. I hate that. I hate the cold. I definitely hate the dark. <laughs> I hate dark. I hate tight spaces for sure.
1: Yeah. I don't think you even understand how powerful you just made visualizing and diving into the word when it says it don't just pass by it, don't pass her. by it yeah that's amazing the don't ever pass don't, that's ha- crazy. don't ever pass by yeah.
0: pictures yeah. pictures let let your, let your mind work in pictures it's okay to sit turn off everything let it be completely silent and just start thinking in pictures Amen. about the bible and about christ about what he's done yeah. it becomes real that way yeah but that's why i praise that's why I praise. That's why my spirit is quickened when I praise him at home, in the car, at church, right? Because I know that is a constant reminder. <laughs> Man, I'm alive. Come on. I'm alive. Amen. <laughs> I'm alive. Amen. Corpses. Yeah. Corpses sit with their arms down. Wow. Corpses sit with their mouth closed. Corpses sit with blank minds okay Be- because they, d- they can't praise They're corpses they're dead but those that are in christ they lift their hands because you're alive you open your mouth because you're alive and you let them know that you're alive right you open your eyes you dance you jump you yell you let that devil know i'm alive <laughs> it's corpses that are quiet come on not those that are saved i can't disagree those that are saved if you refuse to trust God, then you are accepting your current situation, and you are normalizing the situation that you're now in if you refuse to trust God. I was given an ultimatum after 11 years at a place of employment, and Pastor Johnny had always given a sermon, and it would round about about once a year, and he said that when God is ready to move you, he god is like a mother bird making a nest and when she's ready for that bird to get on out of there she's gonna start taking away (laughs) the down the the leaves all the good stuff that she's made in there to make that baby nice and comfortable Uh and before that baby knows it it's gonna be sticking there with a sitting there with a stick up its rope yeah very uncomfortable yeah and every year i would feel a little bit more uncomfortable at my current job a little bit more uncomfortable And I despised my job, but I was there. And surely God had planted me there for a reason, but it was so dark. It was so dark. And I know God planted me there so that I could see the difference between a job that he had not planned for me, because I never even asked God about going to that job, because how would I? I was not saved at that point. Versus a job that I had prayed for three years prior to ever being given this ultimatum. I actually was taking, in my wonderful truck, I was taking a trailer of stuff to the dump. And I went to the dump one way, and because I was worshiping and praising, I was not paying attention to where I was going. And I got turned around, and I said, well, if I, if I just head west... I'll make it home, right? I, I just mm-hmm. know I'll, I'll make it home. I know yeah. I drove east one way. If I drive west <laughs> the other way, I'll get to, I'll Makes get sense. to something I recognize. Yeah. I was worshiping and I was praising. Little did I know that I was on Nine Mile Road. I had taken a left off of Beulah Road, and I was on Nine Mile Road. And I was worshiping and I was praising, and Navy Federal Campus came into view. And I don't even know if I'd ever even spoken in tongues up to that point. I immediately started sobbing, speaking in tongues. The entire time I rode by Navy Federal, it was just illuminated in light like nothing I'd ever seen before. I mean, it was just like it was glowing. I put my hands to it. I know I claimed that. I know that I claimed it. As soon as I got by Navy Federal, it all ended. And I was like, whoa, what was that? Wow. That was crazy. Wow. Right? Went about my life, right? Because why not? I had no idea what just happened, which seems to be about right for my walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. It's just one great big surprise party. (laughs) And after 11 years, little did I know that God was getting me ready. Not only was I getting ready to get out of the boat, Mm -hmm. I was getting ready to walk on water. And... I was getting ready to walk into what I had claimed three years prior, and I did not know that. And one day, the day after Christmas, um, I had requested a day off because my oldest daughter was graduating from school in Jacksonville. And I had, I, I apologize, she was starting the school in Jacksonville. And I know that she was 19 years old. However, in their life, I had never missed the first day of school for my children. Yeah. I'd never missed it. And so I told them at the dealership that I needed the day off, right? She was leaving, it was going to be difficult on me, and I was not going to miss this. And at first they gave me the day. And later throughout the day, I got notification that I had really angered the general manager because I did not give enough heads up. And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't, I'm sorry for that. I don't no. know what to tell you. No. I mean, just, that's too bad. By the end of the day, I had received an email that stated, um, if I choose to continue forward with this day off, which would have been the 27th, um, that it will result in a write-up. My response to the email was, okay. And I sent. there was nothing that was going to okay. keep me from this. About half an hour after that, I get a phone call if I could come up to his office I was like, sure. I go up to the office. He's got his mad face on. And I come in and I sit down and I am told that you may no longer take this day off tomorrow. That if you proceed to take this day off, you will relinquish your job here at this dealership. So I, I remember taking a deep breath and I said, I just want to be clear. You are telling me that I either have to choose between my child Or my job, yeah. And he says, "Yes, that is exactly correct." I said, "Okay, good." I wanted to make sure I choose my child. (laughs) And Uh, he he made it pretty easy for you. He said, "Leave your keys." I said, "No problem." Yeah. I spent the next about hour cleaning out my office. People were like, "Oh no, he didn't really mean it." And I said, "Maybe not, but I did." Yeah. And I remember handing over the keys. I remember the look on his face of utter anger slash shock. It was 11 years i was at that dealership wow 11 years wow and i called a friend to come pick me up because i even drove one of their cars and uh came and picked me up and they were like what just happened and i'm like yeah i think i just got fired and um that was the first day of the most terrifying walk of my life yeah because here i had two children
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um I had a house. I had a car payment. I had a job that provided me about $90,000 a year income. And I now did not have a job. And the only thing I knew was that there's no way that God just put all that in my mouth without any regret or fear, without having all this taken care of. Little did I know that that would be the most terrifying time, but it was the most precious time because I needed to be humbled. And God could not take me to where he wanted to take me at my current job with the prideful attitude that I had because Kim just thought that Kim was really something, yeah. and I had what I had because yes, I love God and I'm a Christian now. But look what Kim did, yeah, right. And Kim is responsible, and Kim. So God went ahead and showed me that Kim is not responsible for anything, and I am responsible for it. And you will, you will acknowledge me in that. You that doesn't will, sound
1: painful at all. <laughs> you
0: you will acknowledge me in that. Yeah, and. I went 50 days without a job. I went 50 days of getting up with the realization that I am not going to a job right now for the first time in my adult life. I mean, I've been working since I was 14. Yeah. And I, it was so shameful. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my kids because I didn't want anybody to worry at that yeah. time. Um, I knew that I could go to another dealership, but everything in me, It felt so disgusting to me, the thought of going to another dealership. Hmm. It made me nauseous, the thought of it. And it was the most beautiful time of my life because I've never been closer to God than I was in that time because all I could do was trust Him. That's all I could do. All I could do was pray. All I could do was praise. And all I could do was stand still. That sounds like a song. And wait for God. You better believe it is. Yeah. And that's all I could do. Yeah. And if once I did that, once I did that, I could I started to hear him. I started to see him in his word. He directed me to a contracting company that gave you a fast track into Navy Federal. I left a job at ninety thousand dollars a year. I started a job at $13 an hour. I went from $90,000 to $23,000 overnight, it felt like. I almost lost my house four times that year to foreclosure. A lender in town let me fall tragically behind on my car payment because I was within 12 months of paying it. Everything that God had brought into my life, God let me keep. But everything that God did not okay into my life, all the worthless charging and mm-hmm. credit card and everything, He removed it. He removed it out of my life and he let it fall and I fell flat on my face credit wise. Fell flat on my face and the shame that goes with all of that.
1: Yeah.
0: And I started working for Navy Federal and God put Well, God God just He just favored me.
1: Yeah.
0: Like He does His children. Yeah. Because God loves me, and He propelled me through the ranks at Navy Federal. And I ended year four at Navy Federal just a couple of weeks ago, and I ended year four higher than I ended year 11 at that dealership. Wow. In four years. Wow. Because, Because of God. Come on. Because I trusted Him. Amen. And... He brought people to me that forced me to trust. I, for the first time in my life, had to ask for help. And I, I, I sometimes didn't even know how I was going to pay the payment. And I would pull into this church, and God would give me the name of the person that I then had to go ask for help. And not one time was I ever told no. Wow. People would tell me, when do you need it? How much do you need? And I would try to pay them back. They'd be, like Pastor Johnny said, yeah. hey, whoa, whoa, Don't take away my blessing. Yeah, yeah. Don't take it away. And God told me who to go to. There were times when I didn't know how I was going to buy groceries for my daughter because I still had my youngest at home. I go my, The Lord would tell me to go out and check the mail. I'd go check the mail, and there was an overpayment on my escrows in there that paid the bills and paid for groceries. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. And after all of it was done, I I the, the everything changed. The my house that was at a high interest rate got Yeah. got refinanced. I got approved for a hardship um because because I didn't seek God the way I was supposed to when I got those things. Yeah. And he changed it all. He changed it all.
1: Wow. Yeah. So that is in a uh in a simple way that is why you have no problem trusting God none absolutely (laughs) yeah
0: he took it all away yeah I literally had nothing but God was my portion when I didn't have enough yeah he truly was my portion I remember I I remember just on my knees crying I mean my my Bible is tear stained the pages are tear stained like Lord surely you see what's coming like how am I going to do this yeah and money would show up yeah somebody would hand me money at the church i would get the lord would tell me a name yeah and if i didn't follow through with the name that the lord had told me it would sit on my chest like a weight to where i would have to make arrangements to go meet that person and be like look this is what's going on in my life yeah they'd be like girl what took you so long i've been waiting for you (laughs) yeah here's your money
1: he had prepared ahead of time he had
0: prepared it ahead of time yeah But it it was teaching me to, one, humble myself, which I needed, because Kim was not capable of doing any of it whatsoever. There was nothing. And it it taught me to trust not just him, but it taught me to trust other people, which I've always had trouble doing because I've always been hurt. So it taught me to trust other people. And all the people that he always took me to were men. Because those are the people I have trouble trusting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My, my my purpose in life is clear. I don't know why people search for it. Your purpose in life is clear: to show everybody who God is, to show them who He is, to show Him who He is with just by loving them. Yeah. J- just being being Him yeah. in this world. That is my purpose. Yeah. Not not to. You don't have my name any anywhere but for people when, when i walk away from people i want people to feel different yeah i want people to know that i see them that god sees them that he loves them yeah i want to touch them because there's power in touch that is my purpose on this earth is to leave god everywhere i go yeah leave that good feeling that that goosebump moment Everywhere that I go, yeah. if I never cross your path again, you're going to remember that crazy white lady. <laughs> that's my purpose. That's, that's my amazing. purpose. That's amazing. That, that's my purpose.
1: Yeah. What scripture are you holding on
0: to right now? Oh, yeah, I'm holding on to, I'm usually holding on to, um, I like to read in the Tree of Life version a lot. I like the Amplified as well because it gives you a little extra. But the Tree of Life is special to me because... um I just feel like it's just rooted. It's rooted yeah. close, close yeah. to God, um, and in the tree of life, it's Jacob one, but in, it's James one. Yeah. Um, be doers of the word and not hearers only, because you're deluding yourself. And I love that. Yeah. You know, there's a part in the Bible that says your pretense. God tells us that your pretense is offensive to me, and that sticks with me a lot. And and I I have to, I have to ask myself sometimes, you know. Is there pretense here? Am I putting on airs? Am I yeah. truly is this really is this really God in me yeah. or or has Kim peeped through yeah. a little bit and let me pull back and make sure that yeah. this is not Kim coming through, make sure this is God. But don't delude yourself. <laughs> don't delude yourself. You're nothing without him. You are that dead rotting corpse without him. Don't ever delude yourself. Don't yeah. ever think you're anything more than that. Yeah. Everything you you are is because of him and if you don't believe that if if you're still there's if you don't believe that be careful he'll show you he'll show you that you're nothing without him so don't delude yourself for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror and then once he looks at it he forgets himself be a doer of the word, I don't want to be that person that just is, you know, worshiping and giving the good feels on church on Sunday. I want to know that when you see me somewhere else, out in this world, walking around on my path that the Lord has put me on, I want to make sure you see that I'm a doer. That's good. I'm a doer. That's good. I don't want you to ever walk around and ever see Kim the flesh yeah. popping through. Yeah. I want you to be like, Girl, man, look at that Jesus walking around here. <laughs> i always want to be a doer of the word yeah. and if i can't be a doer of the word then i need to fall back until i can be Amen. because I, I i i can't handle fakery yeah and i don't want i don't want to cause a pretense and be an unpleasing scent to the lord i always want my aroma my my life to be pleasing to the lord in in view and in scent and in here i always want it to be pleasing to the lord that's why our words are so important you know foul mouth language you know i work i have i work on that but every time i feel you know one bubbling up you know am i being a doer of God. Does that glorify God? Yeah. Is that something that would've come out of my Savior's mouth? Yeah, Is that something that I'm willing to give an account for one day? Yeesh. No, yeah. thanks. Yeah. I'll go ahead and bite that one back. Yeah. 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 Come on. So that's the scripture I hang on to. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say what you would say to the Kim of 20 years ago or Kims like me because the Kims from 20 years ago don't want to hear it. And that's what's hardest is because I remember one day a guy coming up to me, it was so random, and it was just so random. I had my two girls and they were babies and he said, um, I'd like to tell you about Christ and, and uh, do you think you'd be willing to give your life to Christ? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was so weird because I was yeah. like, what does that even mean? Yeah. To to the Kims of 20 years ago, yeah, the things of the Bible seem foolish. Mhm because they just don't make sense what i would say to the kims over the course of 20 years is that what you're looking for is found here and that emptiness that you're feeling that void that um that anger that you feel, that resentment you feel, that feeling like you you can just figure it out on your own, I, I'm here to tell you you can't figure that out on your own. There's no figuring out what you don't know. You can't figure out what you don't know. And he, he is the author, and he is the finisher. He starts it, and he writes it, and he finishes it you can't know it without him and that relationship that we as women and i'm sure men but i know speaking from a woman's stand point of view that relationship that you're looking for that one person that's just like the key to it all that person doesn't walk the earth yeah. he used to walk the earth come on but he doesn't walk the earth anymore He's in heaven waiting for us, but he sent the helper for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So he's there. You have to ask for him to be there with you because yeah. he's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way, you know, like most. He's a gentleman. But he's there, but you're going to have to be okay with the realization that you may be alone. Yeah. That you may physically be alone, but. You will have never felt so fulfilled you may physically be alone but you've never been more together yeah with someone and you have to trust that process and you have to trust that what you can't see right now will one day be seen yeah and what you can see right now will one day not be seen praise god yeah and you have to fall back on that and trust and I know it sounds crazy and foolish, but trust me. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Come on. that Jesus Christ is Lord. And one day, one day, your day will be up. I think about that every New Year's Day. Yeah. People do New Year's revel- uh, resolutions because I'm visual. I think to myself every New Year's Day, I just lived through the day of my death. Day of my birth is Christmas Day. Yeah. But when January one rolls around, I just think to myself, "Wow, I just lived through the day of my death." One of those days that I just rolled through yeah. will be the other day that matters for Kim Gilbert. Yeah. Because there's only two days that are recorded for each of us. Mm-hmm. So that Kim, those Kims that were me, that are me. I mean, your day will come. You know, there's one thing for certain, we were all born, and we will all die. Yeah. And what you see today will one day not be seen. And so I would just strongly encourage you to grasp onto the one that you can't see. But boy, can you feel him? Come on. Can, can you hear him? He's so, he permeates my life. Yeah. And the relationships that I've always struggled with in life... I'm getting better at them because he is the relationship that I am forming them off of. I'm looking to the relationship that I have with my heavenly Father and my brother, Christ. Yeah and i'm I, I'm, I work every day on that relationship with those two men so that I can one day have that relationship one day with a helpmate. Yeah. but if not it's okay because I have the helper with me come on I have the helper with me come on. and I would encourage them to quit wiping yourself on the world they it doesn't they don't care yeah the world doesn't care it's it quit wiping yourself yeah On on it quit 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 letting people take a piece of you yeah because the only one who's left with nothing is you
1: yeah
0: and um Go find the one who makes you whole again. Amen. And that's Christ. Amen. Yeah.